This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello, and welcome to Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. I'm a clinical psychologist. I've lived and worked in Fayetteville, Arkansas for almost 30 years, and I started self-work five years ago in order to extend the walls of my practice to those of you who might already be very interested in psychological, emotional issues. Maybe you're in therapy as well, but would enjoy another perspective. To the group of you who might just have been diagnosed with something and you're looking for answers or you're having a relationship issue that you just can't seem to settle or find a way through, but also to a third group of you. To those of you who might sit around and tell your friends, ah, that therapy stuff, that's for the birds, I'd never do it, but you're curious enough or sadly unhappy enough to want to listen to self-work. So welcome to all of you. We've got one more week until we're back live, but I've chosen some of my most popular episodes to listen to a second time around. And of course, today's episode is one very, very close to my heart. What's the difference or is there one, between perfectly hidden depression and what's called high-functioning depression. I'm particularly motivated, in fact, very sadly motivated, to once again feature this episode because of an email I received this week from a woman whose husband had killed himself. He was in his early 40s, and no one could believe it. He had a perfect-looking life, children he loved, a career he felt excited about, friends and family that loved him, Yet he couldn't communicate his darker emotions, emotions that would lead him to suicide. We'll talk about the difference between these two and why that difference matters. In fact, why that difference has to be understood. The listener email will feature this very woman's email to me about the death of her husband. And I'll answer her questions concerning where to go from where she is. But before continuing, let's hear from our wonderful sponsor, Athletic Greens, and learn about their very special offer to self-work listeners. Our partner, AG1, has a product I use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens, frankly, because they were interested in sponsoring self-work, and I never recommend something to you without trying it first. With one scoop of AG1, whose taste is somewhere between sweet and tart to me, you'll get 75 high-quality minerals, vitamins, probiotics, adaptogens, and whole food source superfoods, which support everything from your gut to your immune system to your energy level. I love it because whether I'm home and about to go out for a walk or traveling and about to spend time with friends and family, I can start my day proactively, knowing I'm doing something for my own self-care. If you're like me, self-care can get lost for sure. In fact, Its founder, after having severe gut issues, realized he was taking over $100 a day worth of supplements, which had their own very complicated dosage routine, so he created Athletic Greens. To make it easy, and because you're a self-work listener, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is to visit athleticgreens.com slash selfwork. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash selfwork to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So I will remind you that I do use Athletic Greens every day, and I really love it. It's made a big difference. 
Again, this topic is one of the most special to me because the research I've done on perfectionism and its relationship to depression, to tight emotional control, and its relationship to trauma. As I wrote the book, Perfectly Hidden Depression, which was published two years ago. So here we're going to talk about the difference between perfectly hidden and high-functioning depression. I've noticed that quite a few people have been writing about what's termed high-functioning depression lately. They're describing a depression that isn't readily apparent, but it's there, at least some or most of the time. I hugely applaud the fact that all of these authors are trying to get the attention of anyone listening that depression doesn't always look the same. It can look like agitation or anger. It can look like melancholy or despair. But it also can be ignored and misunderstood when it doesn't look either way, as in high-functioning depression. So what's the difference between this phenomenon and perfectly hidden depression? And why does it matter? As long as people are recognizing the fact that depression can wear many faces, you know, I don't particularly care what it's called. High-functioning depression is someone who knows they're depressed, but they do their best to hide that depression. What I care more about is if high-functioning depression or perfectly hidden depression hits you in the gut and you realize, you know, that's me and I need to pay attention, that's what matters. But each kind of depression has its own healing course, and that's important to know. We'll talk more about what exactly is high-functioning depression in just a minute. But let's talk first about how all this hiding can get started. Whatever their situation, all children do what they can to emotionally survive. That may sound dramatic to you, and it may not be actual physical survival that's at stake. Although, in the most horrific families or environments, this could certainly be true. It's really emotional survival. Given what was yours to face, you as a child came up with a strategy for coping. You'll notice that siblings reared in the same home adapt differently. One may rebel, one may try to please or make people laugh, one may work to fix the situation, another may become invisible. You didn't recognize your own strategy as a strategy. Remember, you're a kid. It simply became you. And then other people would say, oh, that's just Jason. He stays out of the way. Or you can always count on Gail. Underneath the obvious superficial behavior was an unconscious strategy. And it's likely to greatly affect you now in the way you approach your life as an adult. If you learned it was safer to hide or cover up painful emotions than hide you did, and you probably are still hiding. But there is diversity in the presentation of this hiding. In fact, with perfectly hidden depression, I've divided the syndrome into three groups, one of which is very similar, in fact, almost identical, to high-functioning depression. Let's talk about those three groups. The first group would say, I'm hiding, and I know it. Let's call the first group the aware group. In this group, hiding may have been intentional for quite some time, again, and this is high-functioning depression. You're doing it on purpose. If you're in this group, you know, for example, that you rarely talk about yourself with others. In fact, you choose not to do so. You may know quite well when it started, how it started, or why it started. You make a conscious choice every day to keep your own troubles invisible. The healing work for you is slowly tearing down the emotional walls between yourself and others 
and that's far easier said than done. It involves challenging whatever irrational beliefs there are, those beliefs that keep you hidden, and connecting the emotional dots between your past and your present. You want to figure out that child's strategy and realize, what am I doing now as an adult that I decided as a child would be a way to emotionally survive? Again, that's very similar to what people write about as high-functioning depression. But now let's talk about the second group. I'm going to read you the email that I mentioned in the introduction, or at least part of it, because it was fairly long. A woman writes, I'm writing to you for a couple of reasons. While searching for related topics, I've come across your work on perfectly hidden depression and believe that this is precisely what my late husband was suffering with. Earlier this month, he took his life without any warning or previous indication that he was mentally ill. He was 41 years old. We were the perfect family with two young children that he absolutely adored and did everything with. Financially, we had no issues. We have a strong family and close friends. He was fit and sporty, had a solid, secure job, appeared happy and content. I believe that had he known or understood that he had depression that was quite possibly buried since childhood, he could have sought help and been saved. I read you this email because this is someone that I would say is in this second group. I know something's wrong. I feel it in my gut, but I haven't a clue what it is. If you're a member of this second group or the unaware group, you may be just like this man who died by suicide. You may have been largely unconscious of what you've experienced or created. Maybe when you see the term or hear the term perfectly hidden depression, A light bulb goes off. Your gut understands. This new concept has to be absorbed, and the whole idea that your perfectly hidden depression exists can be life-altering. What you've never given much thought to is now something you can question. You may never have considered that the way you're functioning is a problem. It was simply the way you lived. Let's talk for a minute about what is meant by unconscious. Hopefully, this example will help make that term clear. If you step into a dark but well-known room in your home, you don't have to think where the light switch is. Your hand shoots up automatically and easily find its place on the wall as you flick it on. You don't give it a thought. It's an automatic, unconscious action. Your body remembers, your mind remembers, but without thinking about it in that moment. We do unconscious things all the time things that have become second nature. We could go deeper and talk about unconscious urges and drives, but for the sake of our discussion, that's not necessary. The more something is known, old hat, or habitual, the more likely that it's tied into unconscious behavior. So this group, this second group, isn't high-functioning depression. It's quite different. It's people like Rebecca who said to me, Before I read about perfectly hidden depression, I'd never have thought of myself as depressed, ever. If I even wondered, if I listened to my gut that knew something was wrong, I'd feel incredible shame, like I didn't appreciate the good things in my life. I can't even imagine allowing myself to think or say some of the things I've said to you since we've been working together. I didn't even realize how I was living, or really, not living. Rebecca was making what had been unconscious, conscious. That's the work of this group. That would have been the work 
that this man who tragically died by suicide might have been able to learn. And his wife, who wrote me, might have been able to learn it right along with him. But there's a third group, a group that says, sometimes I know I'm hiding, but other times I can't figure out what's going on. This group is kind of a mixed bag. There are 10 characteristics of perfectly hidden oppression, and I go through those in episode three, so you might want to check back. But there are things like perfectionism with a constant critical shaming voice, never opening up to others but being a great friend to everyone, really throwing yourself into work and accomplishment and getting your self-value from that, always counting your blessings and, in fact, shaming yourself if you don't. So in this group, some of these characteristics are known and quite intentional. Others are more surprising when you realize their place is part of the syndrome, and you, again, haven't been conscious of them as problems. The work for all three of these groups, the aware group, the unaware group, and the mixed group, can sometimes seem to you as if you're trying to chew and swallow all at the same time. The hiding behaviors, the push, the pressure that you've put on yourself needs to stop but you're simultaneously trying to go deeper emotionally and connect with long-suppressed trauma or pain. It's confusing and even frightening because you're giving up your defensive or protective actions while increasing your vulnerability. So remember, a high-functioning depression is important to recognize in yourself, and it can be considered a strength in many ways, You're depressed, but you get up and go to work. You get out of bed even though you don't feel like it. You slap a smile on your face. But even people with high-functioning depression need to let down sometimes. They need to connect with their pain. There need to be others in their world that know how hard it is for them to struggle and how hard it can be for them in their own life. You get strength from feeling known, feeling connected. I include high-functioning depression as the aware group in perfectly hidden depression. But then there's another, even more tragic in many ways, group, the unaware group, the group that is totally unconscious of what they're doing. And that can be very, very dangerous. And then there's the group that does a little bit of both, and their work is unique to them. If this is you, please pay attention. The work in front of you, if you're willing to do it, can offer a freedom and a self-acceptance that you can never imagine. The listener email today is a continuation from the earlier email. She went on to tell me more. I want to thank you for your work. While it doesn't give me much comfort, it at least provides some answers and confirms many of my thoughts. If I can help you in any way, please ask. Can you believe she's doing that? I couldn't. I was so touched. I am more than happy to answer any questions and do anything that could help create awareness. I know that my husband could have been saved had we had any idea of where he was headed. I'm also concerned for myself as I believe that I fit the perfect partner for someone like this. Happy also not to delve too deeply happy to avoid confrontation, happy to let things go rather than admit I'm wrong or any weakness or failure. Do you have any advice on the type of help I should or could be seeking? I'm so utterly shocked, confused, and devastated. 
but I have two beautiful children that I must be strong for. I sat with this email for at least 24 hours before I got back to her, and this is what I responded. It was with great sorrow I read your email yesterday. I'm incredibly touched by how, even in what is very fresh grief, you've reached out to me. If the concept of perfectly hidden depression has helped you in trying to understand what I can only imagine seems unfathomable, then I'm honored. So sadly, yours isn't the first email I've received from those desperately searching for some kind of answer. I'm sure your husband loved you and your children with just as much fervor as you describe. But there was something else that haunted him and that he lost his battle against. You have my sincere empathy, and I'm so very sorry. I'm glad to hear that you've been in treatment. She did tell me that she had been in treatment. And here's a bit of advice that I do have. Most obviously, you'll have grief to work through for a long time. And you've told me that delving more deeply into feelings isn't something you do easily. So that, in itself, will be your journey. My best suggestion is that you try to figure out how your own pattern of avoiding got started and what you might have to challenge in order to choose to connect with deeper feelings. That is the gift that you can now give your sons as they see and feel you working through your own emotions. It's not their job to be there for you necessarily, but you want to show them it's more than okay to reveal their own sorrow and grief. And remember, that grief includes fear, anger, sadness, all the very complicated parts of grief. They will pick up what's okay and what's not okay from you. Again, if this is something that you struggle with yourself, please go to my website at drmarketrutherford.com and either read the blog posts I have on Perfectly Hidden Depression, listen to the podcasts here, I do have a book coming out in November, and November is nine months away. So please do take care of yourself and know that others before you have connected with emotions from long past. They've survived them, they've learned from them, and they've changed how they deal with painful emotions in the present. Please take care. So thanks as always for being here. I'm very grateful to you that you take the time to listen to self-work and make it a part of your day or week. And I hope this series of second time arounds will be something you really enjoy. Of course, my book, Perfectly Hidden Depression, is available on Amazon or wherever you buy books or at your library. And I would love for you to pick up a copy, especially if you're someone who keeps pretty tight control over their emotions You just may not be realizing, unless you respond to the term perfectly hidden depression, that you have things that you've been keeping secret or silent for way too long, and it would be very helpful and healing to address some of them. My book will help you do just that. And of course, to any and all of you who've left ratings and reviews, or I would think about leaving a rating and review on Amazon for Perfectly Hidden Depression, I would so appreciate it. As well, for self-work, anywhere you listen, especially on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, they're by far the larger of the listening 
platforms, but all of them are important. If you'd leave me a written review, too, that would be awesome. Quite a holiday gift for me and for self-work. There are many ways to reach out to me. My website is drmargaretrutherford.com, and you can subscribe there, and you'll get a weekly newsletter with my blog post, my podcast, and any bonus episodes or things I'm going to do or be involved in. My email is askdrmargaret at drmargaretrutherford.com, and you can write me a question or a comment. You can also leave me a comment or a voicemail on SpeakPipe, which is found in your show notes, but also on my website. I have a Facebook closed group at facebook.com slash group slash self-work. And last but not least, I have a new interactive podcast using the iPhone Fireside app. It's called Self-Work Chat, and it's where you and I can actually talk. So if you go to firesidechat.com slash Margaret Rutherford, again, firesidechat.com slash Margaret Rutherford and request access to Fireside, hopefully you can join me there sooner rather than later. I'm so grateful again you are here and are here every week. Tell your friends. That would be fantastic. Please take very good care. As always, I'm Dr. Margaret, and this has been Self Work.